मेरे रब का तेरी शान जल जला मेरे रंग पे नहीं है तू तेरी शान जल बसमान रहीम रेडी रमदान एटी सेवन पॉइंट सेवन एफ एम रिफ्लेक्शन्स में मैं हूँ आपका मेज़बान ज़ुबैर अक्रम आज रमज़ानमबारक की छब्बीस तारीख़ है ग्लासको में जमेरात का दिन अट्ठाईस अप्रैल आज इफ़ार का वक्त है आठ बज के छप्पन मिनट रमज़ान की घड़ियाँ तकरीबन रुखसत होते हुए और बहुत सी मसाजिद में आज शाम को ख़त्म कुरान होगा कुछ मसाजिद में गुजशत शाम को था और मसाजिद की जो रौनक है वो अपने अरूज पे होगी कुरान के साथ हमारा ताल्लुक वो रमज़ान में मज़ीद बढ़ जाता है और इसी ताल्लुक को निभाते हुए हमने कुरान हकीम की एक सूरत सूरत रूम का बहुत ही अमीक नज़र से और गहराई में जा कर के उसका मताल किया शेख रजवान की मदद से आज इस सूरत का थर्ड लास्ट सेशन इन शगा और अगले दो सेशन्स में कल हम इसको मुकम्मल कर लेंगे और उम्मीद है कि परसों उसको एक समरी के तौर पर आपके सामने रखेंगे आज की आयात और उसके बाद शेख रजवान से उस पर कॉमेंट्री In the name of Allah, the entirely merciful, the especially merciful. فَانظُرْ إِلَى آثَارِ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ كَيْفَ يُحْيِي الْأَرْضَ بَعْدَ مَوْتِهَا إِنَّ ذَلِكَ لَمُحْيِي الْمَوْتَى وَهُوَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٌ So observe the effects of the mercy of Allah how he gives life to the earth after its lifelessness Indeed that same one will give life to the dead and he is over all things competent Wala in arsalna rihan faraahu musfarran ladallu min ba'dihi yakfurun But if we should send a bad wind and they saw their crops turned yellow they would remain thereafter disbelievers 
So indeed, you will not make the dead hear, nor will you make the deaf hear the call when they turn their backs retreating. And you cannot guide the blind away from their error. You will only make here those who believe in our verses so they are Muslims in submission to Allah. Allah الذي خلقكم من ضعف ثم جعل من بعد ضعف قوة ثم جعل من بعد قوة ضعفا وشيبة يخلق ما يشاء Allah is the one who created you from weakness, then made after weakness strength, then made after strength weakness and white hair. He creates what he wills, and he is the knowing, the competent. Sadaqallahu Ladim. Assalamu alaikum, Shaykh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Uh, Surah Al-Rum, Sheikh, inshallah, this is like three more sessions to go in this Ramadan. Um, So today and tomorrow, between today and tomorrow, inshallah, we'll uh, hopefully finish off uh, what's in this chapter. And then maybe the last session, we'll go through it again um, as a summary. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yesterday we left at uh, the stages of life where uh, 54th Surah, uh, 54th Ayah of Quran, uh, of uh, Surah Al-Rum, uh, 54th is it yes uh, where there is the stages of life and we almost covered like only the first one the first stage of life mm-hmm. uh, the the child that is born in weakness in the in the state of weakness mm-hmm. and how in that stage the responsibility lies with the people around the child mm-hmm. and then gain strength Mm. And the gaining of strength is the next stage. Yeah, so Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. So the, the whole discussion here is essentially about the Quran painting the the stages of our life on earth. So this is you could you could you could you know you could break it down into different ways. Um classical scholars have, have used different ways of breaking down the the actual um life of human beings on earth into the main categories of responsibility and power and strength and and focus. And so the Quran here just provides three major ones because the three major ones that we have to look at, which is that period we talked about yesterday in passing, which was the state of weakness. The weakness is social weakness. It's a weakness in terms of power, authority, uh, discernibility, intelligence, um, experience. So these are all considered to be weaknesses in a a person. Survival is almost... um, Contingent upon parents and and the social structure, allowing them to survive the the responsibility of education. We talked about that yesterday as well. 
So all these things are, um, you know, in this initial stage, and the responsibility of that is on people when essentially they get to the next stage, which is quwa, the stage of quwa, the, the, the state in which, you know, the, the Prophet mentioned numerous things to people, but I think there's one thing, there's one hadith that comes to mind when you think about um, the state of power, strength, um, and also the strength is based upon physical strength, but it's also based upon this sense that you can do anything you want. Hmm. And that's when you're most oblivious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why also, you know, the Prophet in a famous hadith, he said there are seven who'll be, people who will be shaded on, on the Day of Judgment with the, with the, with the shade of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. On the, on the day there's no shade except the shade of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One of which is, a young person, you know, a man or a boy or a girl, or a man or a woman, essentially, who is brought up in this age of power um, in obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the moment that they start to have power and strength and decision and their own ability to do whatever they want in life, what they choose is essentially obedience to their creator when there's so many other avenues to enjoy yourself. And this is why the Prophet said that you know, seize um, five before five. is a very famous hadith. You know, take mm. take the opportunity of five before five. He said, take, you know, um, take, you know, seize the option of your youth, which is your power before the state of um, age and your health before you're, you know, you fall into a state of sickness and, you're, and the free time that you have before you become occupied. And I remember a lot of our teachers used to say that, when when uh, when uh, um, when a person and this is not a good thing to say on radio, but when a person if this is for students of knowledge, they said when a person gets married, they they um, they ride the ship, and when they they have children, then the ship is destroyed. Meaning, you know, not meaning that your life is destroyed. It means that basically the idea of free time that you used to have, and the kind of you know you know kind of sense of not really taking account of your time. That just disappears, mm-hmm. and you know, especially studying. It was something that we would would spend most most of our waking hours studying or revising or something. You know, once you have responsibilities to others uh, in a family context, that disappears in some way, and you, obviously you have something replaced it in terms of blessing. So this occupation with work, with with um, you know all these things, is something that was going to happen to most people. And the problem is saying take. Take the opportunity of the time of leisure that you have now before you become occupied and you have no choice and your wealth before you become poor and also your life before you die. So these things are things that I mentioned that in times of power and strength, you almost think that you're invincible and that there's nothing that can stop you and there's no limit to what you can do. And, you know, this is part and parcel of every single society. And this is this this is a portion of this is the age within which we celebrate that specific epoch. You know, this age that we're living in now it celebrates youth, and you know the kind of virile strength of of, of people at, at that age, mm-hmm. and that kind of optimum age in terms of advertising, in terms of the way society is ordered. Everything is focused along around this kind of age of production or productivity, um, mm-hmm. and so people, even societies, need that kind of group of people and if you think about it if you, if you think about just even the last three or four years even migrants and the movement of migrants and the acceptance of migrants in places like Europe hmm. is all um, 
conditioned upon the fact that they need power, they need strength, physical strength, young people to work. Mm-hmm. And so even if you look at economies, they need people, young people to work. They need young people to, to make their economies um, viable and to pay taxes and so on. So this period, this period is talked about in the Quran as the period of Quwa. Sheikh, just a little pause here. Um, something else that crosses my mind. We always talk about now it's happening like this. Mm-hmm. Do we have insight or data or something that things used to be different and mm-hmm. something changed and now it's like this? I mean, in the past, definitely, if you look at time of the Prophet Ali Salatu Wasalam, the the people that would make the major decisions would be the youth, you know, not the youth, but the the shuyukh. It'd be the mm-hmm. shaykhukha, that age of wisdom, that age of experience, which would be the age that would dictate to the the, the lower. Uh, age groups, what should be done, and that was generally the case. It was only when, um, you know, in the in the Roman Empire, for example, they they put much more emphasis on this age of virality and strength and and youthfulness, mm-hmm. and so there was much more opportunity. And then what the Prophet Ali did when he um, started to order society is that he he turned everything upside down, and what he did is he he married the um, the youthfulness. And the and the virility and the strength of those young young people, with this experience of of the wise, and so you have like Osama bin Zaid radiAllahu anhu, who was about seventeen or sixteen, seventeen when he was the head of the army that was sent to to um, you know kind of engage with the Byzantine Empire. Light right at the end of the, the Prophet's life, light right in the last days of the Prophet's life, he sent the army or prepared the army properly. Um, but with the added, you know, um, soldiers that were there of the elder companions, and they were the foot, foot soldiers in that campaign, like saying Abu Bakr and saying uh, Umar radiallahu anhu. So they were all given a secondary role to a young person, and that comes like, all through the seal of the Prophet You know, the person he 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 established as the as the governor of Mecca al Mukarramah, for example, was 24, 25. Mm-hmm. Um, in a society which expected them, the, the governor to be much older, the Prophet you know, utilized this usefulness. And that's something yeah. that continued, yeah, that was something that's continued. You know, Muhammad mm-hmm. Qasim, who brought Islam to essentially to the subcontinent, um, you know, they're all young people. And so Islam did, it looks at the looks at power, looks at utility and power where it is and makes makes perfect use of it. Uh, rather than saying, well, it's always been done like this and it's only older people that should um, have the ability to make decisions. I mean, essentially, the moment that you're able to pray and make decisions for yourself and responsible for yourself, you're equally able to take the responsibility of somebody who's much, much older. And that's important because khirad, traditional societies... Ko, I'm sorry? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Khirad ko ghulami se azad kar, mm-hmm. ko peeron ka ustad kar. Mm. That's, that's Iqbal. Ah. So khirad ko ghulami se azad kar mm-hmm. Bae jawano ko peeron ka ustad kar mm. Yeah exactly So this kind of turning or Switching the, 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 the norms mm. So making you know young people, youthful people uh, In positions of authority over older people, people. Older people. And there's a reason for that Which is, is if utility and function mm. um, And so this is interesting about Islam that this This period of strength is the period that you're told to make use of your strength. 
you're not told to wait and gain wisdom and then live life when you're older. You're told to take the opportunity as it is. So that idea of shabu ibadatillah, a young person who is brought up, you know, kind of addicted to the worship of God, that's what that's such a rare quality because there's so many other things a person can do. And so you have to, you know, one of the things is that you you, you we know that these are the stages, mm-hmm. but each part of society has to create the optimum environment so that these people can flourish, so that you know young people can flourish, which means you know the people in a state of weakness, laugh, the children meaning, mm-hmm. and then our youth can can flourish, so that society creates an environment within which young people can reach their full potentiality. Um, and so there's no different problems nowadays in terms of um, people feel young people feel barriers in engaging in society. They feel they're not taken seriously. They they feel that they can't make their own opinions heard. For example, mm-hmm. so a lot of young people I I speak to do feel that society puts pressure on them to think in a certain way. And this is not just if you think like Muslims and imams telling them not to say things. This is what mm-hmm. society in general, um, Western society setting norms and saying you cannot say this, you cannot say this, you cannot say this. And they feel that they're just stuck in a situation where they're not able to express themselves as Muslims mm. as well. Mm. So mm. it's pressures from all over the all over the the kind of societies in which we live. And so this period is a very important period. I, I kind of mentioned. He gave you I strength, when, and uh, then after strength, he made you. So we are Allah ladhi khalaqakum min zafin thumma jala min baadi zafin khuwa. Yeah. So after you know you you got this idea of after. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you the strength He then moves it on to Da'af again, so you're kind of going back You're just mm. So the, the, the essential thing Here is that Da'af is actually the the, the the original state of the human being Because you'll default. start from weakness And you'll, yeah, it's default The kind of, the test of Human human beings and individuals Is that, that surge of energy That they get And the associated spiritual ailments and diseases that come with that of power, authority, strength, you know, that kind of um, you know, they, they do call it something like a, a power trip or something So, when power comes, when strength comes to a body that the intellect disappears, not necessarily and this whole point is of civilization and education is that you you try and temper and balance the power by saying that power does not achieve much by itself. Hmm. So that urge to just use brute power and strength never works. So education, you know, it's, it's like this person who's who's got the strongest body won't be able to do anything if, if, if the other person there, for example, fighting is a person who can make you, you, utilize other things for their defense. Hmm. Do you understand? So it's like um, I know there was this um, Iranian guy who's, who's called the Iranian Hulk, and uh, okay. I don't know if you've seen this. He's like massive, and he's been on YouTube and you know punching things and all the rest of it. And then he comes in, into contact with this American, hmm. and he, <laughs> it's actually hilarious. He he tries to uh, he thinks that because he's just been in Iran and he thinks that he's got so so much power, he challenged him to a fight, and then obviously. He blew away like a feather <laughs> in front of the American because obviously the American trained with with a, with a, a regime, you know, proper regime, yeah. you yeah. know, you know, you, you know, utilizing you know knowledge and technology and 
and all these things that make sure that his body is in perfect shape. Yeah. Whereas the, the other guy just like ate lots of food and they slapped um, turnips and things, you know. And it was a bit of a, um, it, was, it was funny for me for civilizationally because this is how Muslims think, that you just like throw everything into something without any planning and then you get a good result. You don't, you get kind of really poor result. And so the, the, the reality is that the origin is weakness and then strength is a situation where you're given this false sense that you know you will live forever and you'll be able to accomplish everything and life is all about just seeking your your bodily pleasures and then slowly but surely you kind of if you're intelligent and you're lucky you will realize at the peak of your power that you're you're frail and that this is everything you know what you're achieving at wealth power prestige all these things disappear as soon as they come you know and why should you seek after something that is going to disappear so quickly? And the reason you can know that is because you look at other people who went through the same cycle of life and now when they go down into weakness, state of weakness, they realize there's other things that are much, much more important than just, you know, um, just projecting your power and strength. And No, but you, and, do, you do seek out, but you mm, use it wisely. Mm. Of course, you use it. You you seek out. You seek to maximize it as well. The power, the strength. Yeah. yeah. This is why the Prophet said that seek five before five, meaning make mm -hmm. use of that time. You know, mm -hmm. make use of your 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 health before your sickness, your life before death. These are all things that you need to make make, make very clear. And your wealth before your poverty, meaning you know you'll have time when you're working when you have a lot. So you have to plan and and say, okay, what do I what do I do um, as an investment for my later life. So this hmm. is something that the Quran and the Prophet's Sunnah indicates very, very clearly that this kind of cycle of you know weakness, then this peak, and then this trough back down, and then essentially Shaiba. Shaiba is is this um state of um decrepit weakness. Which so this can't be repaired. Which can't be repaired. Shaib is like the, the signs, which is like the Prophet. Um, you know, Zakaria Ali Salatusam, he kind of he, he you know, he when he was told that he would have be given a child, which is John the Baptist, it's, it's in the Yahya Ali Salatusam, he said to Allah, How will I be able to have a child when my 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 head has just exploded with old age? Shaiba. Shaiba. He said, My my head has just caught fire with old age. In other words, I'm beyond having a child. Shaiba is like this and shayukha are these kind of ages where you know your, your your weakness, your frailty physically is clear and you start to focus or you're supposed to start to focus on on the journey back. So this idea of, of a journey is very prominent in Muslim writings that you're, you know, Imam Malik radiallahu anhu said that we, we took an oath that by the age of 40 we would, you know, fold up our sleeping mats and only sleep when we were, we had to, you know, rest. Hmm. And Imam Shafi'i radiallahu anhu, he said that by the age of 40, it was a custom of his, his teachers to start using a stick to walk. Not because they needed it, but to remind them that now it was a journey back. And for a journey, you need some kind of, you know, a walking stick to indicate, you know, to help you on the, on the journey itself. And so they used to, you know, then, you know, take, they used to take heed over the fact that this is 
now obviously you're moving towards mortality and so it gives you kind of a sense of perspective as well in terms of life what what should you go away with and what kind of i think at that point you should be thinking what kind of legacy you should leave and also how would you like to be remembered not so that you're remembered but so that you live a life that helps you get what you want in the hereafter so for example when people bury you you know do the, they... so the, the, what you said is there's a very fine balance mm. so having this um having this what's, what's the word for khahish? wish having this wish mm. that you do something that you will be remembered mm. it's not a bad thing mm-hmm. but you don't do it just for that you do it because when you do this you will meet your lord in, in a very good state yes it's very important i think a lot of people talk about legacy you so mm-hmm. it's a lot of discussion but even muslims talk about leg- leaving a legacy mm. i think the legacy idea is dangerous but also important legacy meaning that people say if that person could do it, i can do it that's a good reason to have a legacy a good reason to have a legacy is it creates a benchmark for you to to work towards so that it benefits you in the hereafter not on earth but not legacy in terms of people will speak about you after you die you know in terms of is is there something wrong with that no in in terms of you, you, you in the same way you love that people speak highly of you on earth while you're alive you you love you love to just have yourself at the center of attention when you're dead does that make sense? Mm. Like, like when you're yeah, alive, does, I mean, there is, is so much the poetry. There, yeah, there's so, so is much the reason that you want. Yeah, yeah, but no. The thing is, um, you know, the, we're not talking. We're not. We're not. We're not. I wouldn't disagree or argue that you shouldn't have that. But I'm saying, in the same way that when you live, when you're alive, this urge to have, you know, is hubb shuhra, hubb jah. They talk about hubb jah, hubb shuhra. Is this this infatuation with being? known in and of itself is is a very serious spiritual disease that you just want people just to you want to be the center of attention you want mm-hmm. to be constantly mentioned without any purpose apart from the fact it's it's um you know massaging your own ego so mm-hmm. this is a spiritual disease now if you want to be somebody who like in a google search comes up with a billion um results but because you did good actions then that's not you promoting yourself that's because allah has allowed your your mention to be you know um, expanded mm-hmm. so the quran does say with the prophet and we have we have raised up your remembrance meaning you know if you think about it in the prophet's name is mentioned every single millisecond that we speak in some way and there's people there's like there's this if there's just one person on earth who was a proper you know, follow the Prophet the name of the Prophet would never not be mentioned even for a second. Now think mm. about the 1.7 billion Muslims that there are. Out of those people, you know, there, there's a dedicated portion of people that are deeply in love with the Prophet to the point that that's all they mention in terms of Salawat and the Prophet And so, you know, when he, he left Salawat, he left not wanting people to mention his name, but he, he left knowing that Allah had chosen the name for him, that would mean that he would always, always be mentioned. You know, so Muhammad, hmm. this is the moment <clears throat> that that was chosen for the Prophet hmm. or assigned for the Prophet because it was assigned. <clears throat> it became 
um, the means by which his shohara became the legacy. The legacy was the Prophet and the legacy there is perfect because it's not for himself; it's for other people. Hmm. And so our legacy hmm. is always for the utility, what we leave of benefit to other people. And so this is like yeah, very fine line, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Very fine line because the fine line uh, is intention. Intention, okay. Because if if you, I think a week or so early, we, we discussed another idea that although we are. I can't remember now exactly what that was, where we said that although we know this is not the best, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always gives you an example of um, this being the reward. Mm -hmm. And we said that uh, it is because most people only understand that. Yeah, so like paradise, hellfire, most people only understand carrot, carrot, carrot and stick. Yes. Most people only understand sotti or roti. Sotti roti. Is that a phrase in Urdu or not? So carrot and stick, sotti ya roti. Carrot and stick, probably. So yeah, uh, although uh, I, I'm I'm pretty comfortable with doing stuff, thinking that people will remember you mm -hmm. for doing something good. Mm -hmm. If that's a benchmark. Uh, and yes, in return, you you will also get when in the hereafter um, closeness of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and mm. you're following Prophet Sallam. Anything mm. the Prophet Sallam did left a mark, mm -hmm. and leaving a mark, having this firm belief that you're leaving a mark in the best of your capacity, best of your mm. ability, and exploring, yeah, so, what, you're, exploring yeah, so what your ability is. It's a mark, meaning the mark is um, you 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 put down the mark, you put down the marker, meaning. Yeah. You set a benchmark for other people. That's perfectly, not perfectly okay. That's that's essentially you should be doing that. You should be seeking to do the best in whatever capacity you have, so that people say, "Well, this person did this, but did mm. it well, or did it ethically." You know, so this kind of thing that they did it, but did it ethically. You know, like Muhammad Ali, he did what he did, but he did it ethically. So when he passed away, people. The reason why people are infatuated with him is not because of what he won and the fact he was, you know, probably at his peak the best heavyweight boxer that's ever boxed in sense of his prime was almost like poetry in motion. It was like not he wasn't heavyweight, he was lightweight, like in his movements. It was like mm. something that no one's ever seen. But no one remembers him for that. It's for the things he did, which is you know, throwing his career away just for a principle. So his legacy mm. is Muhammad Ali is the legacy is not the boxer. The legacy was the um, the message that there's things bigger than just mm. your own benefit. Mm. Mm. And so mm. that's legacy. So I mean that's that that now you know if you think about it, you know how many people have become Muslim reading the autobiography of Malcolm X, for example. Mm. Mm. You know I know countless people. Every time you meet somebody, they always kind of say, "Well, the reason I'm a Muslim or I'm practicing now is because Malcolm X is." Legacy, what he's, what he went through, and what he left as a marker. Mm, mm, so this is mm. what you aspire to. Um, Brahim, you know. Wow. See so the second part again. Amazing. Amazing. So that's 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 Iqbal. Uh, Obviously. So there, there is the Nazar of Ibrahim. And you yeah. know, it's, it's the same poem that we actually had a 
uh, I shared earlier on uh, uh. in this month. That, what was it that Fizani Nazar Haki Maktabki? Ye Maktabki Karamat Haki Fizani Nazar. Ye Maktabki, yeah, Karamat Haki Fizani Nazar. Yeah. And this is Brahimi Nazar, Magar Mushkil Sepeda Huti, Havas, Chup Chup Kesino Mepanaliti at the Sviri. Wow. Yeah, so that's like the 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 slow um, kind of I think that's the slow kind of creeping influence of just that Abrahamic method, which one person had such an effect, hmm. such a legacy. Hmm. Hmm. But you can't put your finger on where it was. It was just who's who's just Ali Salat was a man in a desert, you know. Well, so a man in a desert, but you know, as a young child standing up against the polytheists of his nation and basically just demolishing their belief in everything they held sacred, worshipping stars, worshipping moon, worshipping sun, and then just demolishing their idols in front of them. So that's just one, that's what, you know, that's where the Quran says that the Ibrahim was an ummah by himself, you know, by mm, himself, mm, a legacy. Mm. Ummah is like a legacy, isn't it? He left mm. his, himself as a legacy. Hmm. Which is hmm. quite fascinating. Yeah, and the, and the second is havas. Havas meaning like the the desire, the lust uh-huh. of hmm. showing off. It, it hmm. just creeps into your heart, hmm. very um, uh, kind of uh, in a. It, it creeps in. Yeah, un- unannounced, un- unannounced, unintended. Yes, unintended. You're doing something, but then. Us, uh, Which is why you always, you know, you know, they say check yourself before you wreck yourself. You know, check your intention. Uh, important as it is. So this this verse is a fascinating verse because it gives a this idea for me that the origin is is weakness and need, and that's what the whole point is that you're created in a state of need. So Allah says we create what we want, and He is Al Alim Al Qadir. He is the knowingly powerful. You know, so. See, the reason why Qadir is mentioned here is because that's the thing you don't have. You have Qudra, but the Qudra is like borrowed. It's it's like you have a you know a five-year, ten-year kind of uh, contract with God that you'll have some degree of power and you have to use it well. And Allah is Al-Aleem because he's the one that knows why he's placed you in this situation of weakness, strength, and slowly into a state of decrepitude and old age. That's alim, that's this knowledge, there's a purpose there. There's a purpose, there's a helping hand there actually for the human being that, you know, if they were always stated in, in, in a state of power, they would never feel the need to reflect over their neediness to something else. Hmm. But, you know, this is the thing about, you know, children when they start to earn and they start to, you know, perhaps, you know, be able to afford their own accommodation, they lose sight of the need they had for their parents, for example. And they only realize it again when they get to their own 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 old age. And that's when it clicks that they were probably unfair to their parents. So this mm-hmm. is why the Quran also husna these kind of verses come out, which is you should always have this gratitude to the people that you know, took care of you in that state of weakness. Mm-hmm. So that's why the Quran says that you know. You know, oh, oh Allah, grant them mercy and forgive them because of how they raised me up when I was Sagir. Sagir is synonymous with this weakness. Mm-hmm. And so tied in with these description of stages is the idea of responsibility. That's very, so very responsibility clear. for the first stage and in between is your own. And then 
towards the end is again collective. Collective because that's one of the big, is big issues in any society is how you take care of the weak, meaning not the children, but the people of old age. Mm. And I think it's one of the greatest um, markers of a real, a really um, advanced civilization is how they, how they um, view the care of elderly people. Mm. I think that is probably for me that's like if if you were to tell me about society's development I would ask how how do the how do the people that are in their old age feel they're dealt with and for me that know. you know that 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 tells me GDP <laughs> the mm, GDP mm. gross domestic product in in Akhira is pretty good or bad so yeah reflections with Sheikh Razan Muhammad uh Time for an ad break and inshallah we'll continue with Ayah 55 after this, which is a natural connection to what we've discussed in this 54. Uh, ad break and we'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back. And uh, if I can ask Faisal to please uh, get his ayahs back again, just for a reminder of what we are covering. And inshallah, we'll go on to ayah number 55. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. In the name of Allah, the entirely merciful, the especially merciful. So observe the effects of the mercy of Allah, how He gives life to the earth after its lifelessness. Indeed, that same one will give life to the dead, and he is over all things competent. But if we should send a bad wind, and they saw their crops turned yellow, they would remain thereafter disbelievers. So indeed, you will not make the dead hear, nor will you make the deaf hear the call when they turn their backs, retreating. وَمَا أَنْتَ 
And you cannot guide the blind away from their error. You will only make here those who believe in our verses so they are Muslims in submission to Allah. Allah الذي خلقكم من ضعف ثم جعل من بعد ضعف قوة ثم جعل من بعد قوة ضعفا وشيبة يخلق ما يشاء Allah is the one who created you from weakness, then made after weakness strength, then made after strength weakness and white hair. He creates what he wills, and he is the knowing, the competent. Sadaqallahu Lazim. Asamin Surah Nurum ki ab akhri chand ayat ka. درس یا اس کی تفسیر یا اس پر گفتگو اس وقت ہم کر رہے ہیں آج کی جو اس بریک سے پہلے جو مین آیت ہے وہ انسانی زندگی کے ارتقاء کی ہے کہ کس طرح سے وہ ایک بچہ پیدا ہوتا ہے اور پھر وہ جوانی تک پہنچتا ہے پھر اس پہ بڑھاپا تاری ہو جاتا ہے اور اس تینوں سٹیجز کی اپنی اپنی ذمہ داریاں ہیں پہلی سٹیج اور تیسری سٹیج کی ذمہ داری زیادہ ماحول پہ لوگوں پہ ہے اور جو درمیان کی سٹیج ہے جس میں انسان قوت پکڑتا ہے جس میں اس کی ذمہ داریاں اس کی انرجی کے مطابق عروج پہ رہتی ہیں کہ کس قدر انرجی ہے کس قدر اس میں سکت ہے کس قدر اس میں ہمت ہے اور اس ہمت اور قوت کا جس کا اللہ تعالیٰ نے ذکر کیا کہ اللہ ہی تو ہے جس نے زوف کی حالت میں تمہاری پیدائش کی ابتدا کی پھر اس زوف کے بعد تمہیں قوت بخشی اور پھر اس قوت کے بعد تمہیں ضعیف اور بوڑھا کر دیا وہ جو کچھ چاہتا ہے پیدا کرتا ہے وہ سب کچھ جاننے والا ہر چیز پر قدرت رکھنے والا ہے سو شیخ وہ جو کچھ چاہتا ہے پیدا کرتا ہے or I will do what I want. Or is there mm-hmm. kind of more latif, more subtle thing behind this? So, يَخْلُقُ مَا يَشَاء is, um, I think you, you can look at it from different ways, but I think the best way of looking at it is that this is, you know, the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decided and um, required the creation to be as it is and there's a wisdom behind it. So, you know, whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, creates, whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes come into being, there's a wisdom behind the process of having weakness and then strength and then strength and marries itself back into weakness and then inevitable decline. So this is the way that it works because the second la'af is a la'af within which there's no potentiality for strength. Whereas the first laugh is a different type of laugh, weakness, because that weakness is, a, you know, the child is very strong. 
essentially, you know, very vibrant, very agile, very um, inceptive, receptive, can can pick up languages, can pick up habits, can pick up all these things. That dhaf has that potentiality of strength, you know. And so the strength when it comes, it's a natural progression from the weakness to strength. The weakness is essentially a weakness which is helped by the parents and the and the society within which they live. The second laugh after power and strength is a laugh which, you know, it's only as I say, it's only downhill now, and it will fall into a state of, you know, decrepitude, and frailty, and inevitable death. Now, the whole point of Allah saying He creates what He wills, meaning not men, Yasha, not what who who He create wants. It's not saying that he creates who he wants. It's what he wants, meaning system. The system that God creates is a system that he wants. There's a wisdom behind it, which is there is a reflection over time that you can do, which is, you know, life and strength and power will not remain forever. And therefore, there's a sense of planning for the state of decrepitude and illness and, and weakness and poverty that you have to go through. And so there's a there's a helping hand in the system itself for us, which I think is very, very important, that mm. Allah has created this system and is there for our own purpose to save ourselves from our own destructive, you know, soul and our own destructive um, impulses. That if all we knew was that after power, we don't know anything apart from power itself, we would never feel the need to reflect over the, the, the benefits of compassion, of of clemency, of of um, you know sacrifice, we would not think that at all because we would think, well, we can just keep increasing and increasing our own power, strength, influence, and leave aside the people that are weak. You know, you know, one of the signs of of of, of again of of civilized society is how they treat their weak, not how they treat their their wealthy or their strong. It's how they treat their elderly. It's not how they treat their young people, and so. You know, Allah is saying we've created this. It's almost like a sign of society and a, and, a, and a civilization that how they deal with this life cycle, what they put in place, is going to be an, an indication of you know essentially as a civilization what their status is in terms of God fearingness or not. Because this is a narrative that comes up again in the Quran, which is God always talks about you know cities and villages and nations and tribes, <clears throat> and that the tribe was you know obedient to God. <coughs> And the city mm. was obedient to God, you know, and therefore the, the city was treated well by Allah or the city was, was destroyed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all based upon the way they themselves buy and sell, treat their young people, treat their old people, um, you know, seek their livelihood, how they live, essentially. And so mm. that's why, you know, this <clears throat> is how you'll be judged. And this is why the next verse is essentially, it goes straight on to that. Mm. And, and, and on the day in which... The hours establish the people that have been um, insolent and criminal in their in their dealing with these movements of you know, the stages of life. You know, dealt harshly with with people that were weak and taken people's rights. They will then say, "Malabithu They will think that we've not just we've just been here for an hour. You know, we've not nothing's happened. We just died and we just woke up. Hmm. This is the way that they used to surmise This is the way they used to make their own decisions And so, you know, the whole thing will be They're going to have to answer for the way that they dealt with people on earth Going through the stages of life 
and so people, this is how they make the decisions meaning meaning this is this is, this is how they they set their plans this is how they you fakun it's like to to cast aspersions and to to call lies upon the reality of how the world is and so the way that they dealt with the stages they the used stages, to be deceived in the life of the world yeah you fakun is like decept they they would make claims about reality which were not correct and so they were deceived self deception they were kind of in a state of um denial of things and so the denial partly is like we have strength and we live forever and they die and they think well life's going to continue on but the reality is, is there's a there's a there's a judgment there's a moment of reckoning and this is the thing that they will be in a state of denial over hmm. and this is why the quran says waqala ladina utul ilma and though, as for those people that have been given knowledge and iman wal iman laqad labithtum fi kitabillahi ila yawm al ba'ath what's actually happened they will say the people of faith and knowledge will say well what's actually happened you have you have survived and remained dead in your graves until this day of resurrection and hmm. so it's not just like they just woken up and oh we just go back to our normal day-to-day -day life and you know power and strength and all the rest of it this is no this is a new life and the atwar the stages of life are now, now going to be completely different they're not going to be a situation where you're in a weakness and then strength and then weakness and, the, and we go again you know and this cycle will continue and you'll be able to take advantage of your strength this is different this hmm. this is a day this is a day the, the stages of life will now come to an end and this is what's important is the stages of life are the ones you can take advantage of the stages after death are no stages there's just one set set of existence which is reckoning death and then I, I, i'm sorry this is kind of you know this kind of stop and then it's all the same and it's all based upon how you dealt with these stages of life and this is why they say fahada yawmul ba'th this is the day of the resurrection walakinnakum kuntum but rather you yourselves did not know this knowing mm. meaning you might have known but you denied it you know the way that you acted meant that you didn't you personally didn't take any credence to this you didn't acknowledge this you didn't actually think that this was a thing that could be possible you know so you can say that well, they didn't know but it also means that they acted as if they didn't know and so this is the whole thing about you know the ultimate reckoning the ultimate um you know judgment the ultimate situation of of answering for how you dealt with those stages of life how did mm. you how did you raise up children how did you protect children how did you use your strength and the powers that you had to build civilization how did you personally take advantage of people when you're in a state of power or strength or privilege how did mm. you deal with people when they were in a state of decrepitude and old age and as a society how did you accommodate them how did you make them feel part of society or how did you neglect them and basically push them towards making their own life one which they would like essentially want to get rid of themselves so this is a big big questions because that's essentially what <clears throat> if you think about it that's essentially what happens on the day of judgment is individuals are asked and whole civilizations are asked about the way that they kept the they, they dealt with people and mm. you know that's essentially why allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says fa yawma idhin la yanfa'u alladhina zalamu ma'dhiratuhum 
and on that day those that make excuses will be will not be listened to and they will not benefit from their excuses in any way hmm. and so hmm. that's the day when you you know when you say well when i was powerful and strength that's all i could do that's all i knew i knew i'll cut corners and take advantage of x y and z and you know old people were a burden on society therefore we had to find some kind of system of or children um they were too they're too annoying and you know there's people now <clears throat> there's a whole movement to stop children being born because mm. they're seen mm. as being a burden i don't know if you know this but this is one of the most shocking things and this is again a marker of civilization if you're telling me that this civilization is advanced you have people proposing that people no have no longer have children because they're a burden on the environment mm-hmm. and i've heard muslims in a sense advocating something sim- yeah, similarly yeah, saying and i'm thinking inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun like your brain has 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 left the the the, the, the has 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 no function because mm-hmm. since on what what base of scientific endeavors or or investigation is that even an issue and even like in a, what privilege what what privilege do you have as a human being to decide what comes into existence and what doesn't just because you have messed up the earth you know though the society that's telling us this is a society that's basically raped and pillaged the earth for the last 70 year 80 years incessantly but been doing it for 200 years and it never has the audacity to tell us that no we have to now decide you know cut down on on the production of children <laughs> as if it's a production Mm, you know mm. so you tell a couple you can't have children because or you should not have children or we advise you not to have children because you know um, it's a burden on environment and and burden on environment when, you know that's what the chinese you know after the cultural revolution in the 60s basically in, in, installed is limiting the number of children that could be born yeah and and yeah. so it is fascinating that you have a society that takes the right of something that's not been born away from them just because they want to keep the privilege that they have at this moment in time it's actually shocking and so Selfish. when somebody te- so so when somebody tells me this is a civilized this is a civilization that we need to Im- mimic progress you know, i i think well you know when you look back at and hi- the history of the world is written this will not be a, a civilization you would want to be part of you know this for me is like the big thing if we, we always get engrossed in you know the cost of this and develop, and the you know development of this and the research of this and the and discovering this and nobel prizes and all this kind of stuff all these kind of um these are kind of tamathil i consider them to be tamathil which is like these kind of idols that you create tamasha and, you know tamathil is like not tamasha <laughs> you know tamathil. so it's like the, the prophet ibrahim saying what are these tamathil that you're worshiping tamathil are these idols or these these kind of forms that you have taken to be the center of your civilization mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. if you look at a, a historical epoch these will be things that are going to be insignificant when the history of this civilization is written because essentially you will you will say okay they progressed to the point that they destroyed themselves mashallah is there no other civilizations mm-hmm. in human history that did exactly the same thing they stretched themselves to the point that they collapsed under their own weight of arrogance mm. i think that's the whole story of every civilization that rised it fell and the reason it fell was it overstretched and it overstretched what human beings should be doing mm. and so you know you know i would imagine when we look back in history you see this period in time 
which is this small village in the middle of the inhabited world, which is, you know, Madinat Nawara, which had people, you know, eating from clay pots, sleeping on um, sheepskin, um, you know, <laughs> you know, drinking milk and dates with the most elevated sense of what human is and how to deal with young people, the old people, Sallallahu had this amazing balance in that 10,000 population city, which, you know, leave aside they didn't get to Mars, didn't invent, invent or make utilize, you know, rare metals and creating cell phones. But essentially, if you think about what was created of making human beings in a, in a, in a state of complete harmony, that was like a miracle. And essentially, that's why people always, you know, sidestep that whole era of the Prophet and what he did. Because they, mm. under, they, they they cannot make sense of it. You know, if you look at historians when they explain the expansion of Islam, they actually say, well, we can't really explain this. Of course you can't explain it because the, the, the criteria used to explain things are not dignified enough to explain the Prophet Ali Salatu Wasalam. You know, so yeah, you're not going to be able to explain because you don't have the tools, you don't have the foresight. So just ignore that period of 40, 50 years because mm. it's off your radar of how to you know, um, their lender make what's that word? It's like to value something or to give, you know, to appreciate something. You don't have the tools to appreciate that. You know, not, not having the tools to appreciate. Yes, uh, that that brings me to. I, I had this question about the sa. Mm -hmm. We we don't have the capacity to know what time is time is in spaces. Mm -hmm. We just can't appreciate how to measure time in our in our heads in our feelings. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel, is it a form of Allah's mercy that He has not given this to us? That He's not given us the ability to measure time, or to measure to measure time, because time, time is you just don't know. You know, I was going for Umrah once, and uh, one of our Mushtaq, Mushtaqsa, one of our friends, he said, when you go there uh, and you go to Rukn Yamani and you you you, you touch Kaaba, mm -hmm. and you don't have any measure of how long ago Prophet was actually there. Mm -hmm. So you got to just imagine he was just there not 1400 years ago. He was just there 14 seconds ago. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it means the same to you. There's yeah, because no it's in the, yeah, exactly. It's in the past. It's in the past. So past is doesn't... SubhanAllah, it, you, know, you said that last night. I was in a mosque and they brought the heroes of Prophet And yeah. so I passed by it. And um, so I looked at it. And the same thing came to my mind. Subhanallah. So we were doing the prayer in the Prophet, you know, the, the salawat. And then, so I was in this state, I was kind of going past. And then I looked at it and I thought, yes, it's there. It's Meaning, there. and he's there. You know, so, essentially because the hair is a representation. And the Prophet distributed, we know historically he distributed, intentionally distributed his hair to be saved and to be kept. So we know this from Sahih Hadith, the Prophet numerous occasions when he had his hair, blessed hair, cut, he would have them dispersed amongst uh, individuals and he would tell the individuals and give this to such and such or give this and such and such and distribute this amongst the, the men, amongst the women. Mm. So there was a sense that that issue of time is irrelevant because that is that is the proof he was here. Yeah. Do you understand? So this is a proof... Mm. It wasn't. It wasn't like, and this is like saying Anas radiAllahu and saying that, you know, when the Prophet passed away, is as if our our eyes had deceived us. 
or mm-hmm. we had mm-hmm. deceived ourselves of him being there because as soon as he was no longer able to وسلم, communicate and speak to them and they hear, hear his voice, it's as if the time traveling had happened, which is that that whole thing um, didn't happen. And that was seconds, you know, that was seconds. That was basically seconds between him watching them pray, pray the Fajr and then slowly going into a state of proximity to Allah and leaving and then silence. And then they felt that that thing did not happen. Yeah. So the proximity was such that when it disappeared, it felt like it was a very ancient history. Like it was an ancient event that happened. And that they just went back to their normal lives as if he had not come into the city. And for us now, is for for us now, we go to the Haram, we go to the Kaaba. There is this sense, okay, there's 14, 1450 years or whatever since events took place. But for a, a true believer, it is the fact that these valleys, these these lands, the this this soil felt the imprint of the Prophet's blessed feet. Hmm. And it's as if you are there stepping on the very feet that the Prophet ﷺ, you know, used in his blessed way to navigate that blessed city. That's why, you know, you know, Imam Malik, he wrote his book, Al-Mutta. The Mutta was, in a sense, harking back to that because the word Mutta means the, the path that is stepped upon. That is, you're basically stepping on the same footsteps of the Prophet ﷺ. In respect, mm. not out of disrespect, out of respect, meaning that you're you're seeking out the steps of the Prophet so you can step on the exact place so that you follow him perfectly. And so the idea is a living footstep challenge. You know, this is why we, you know, when we when we in, in, in engage in study in Islam, our sense is that we're stepping and we're following exactly what the Prophet did because the people we take from had met people who took from people that took from all the way back to the Prophet. If not, then it's not study. It's not there's nothing happening. There's no passing of information because it's not of any relevance, because it's not passed from the Prophet. But the moment the person met the Prophet, who met the Prophet, who met a person that you met that taught what the Prophet had taught, then it becomes live. Alive as much as you know, more than any other tradition in the world. In fact, mm. unlike any tradition in the world. There's no religious tradition. Even modern religious traditions cannot claim that degree of intimacy with the founder of its religion. No, I'm not saying because I'm a, I'm a Muslim. <laughs> this is like research because yeah, no okay. religion takes the care. You know, like Judaism has thousands of years of disrupted um, narratives between its founders and people that now teach its religion. Hmm. Every uh, Christianity... Judaism, every even modern religion such as Hinduism, even Sikhism, which is a, a very modern religion, cannot have that. It doesn't even claim that same degree of of care in ensuring that exactly what was what was said is now said exactly as it was. That is actually completely fascinating. That that lived nature of the Prophet is so real in our in our lives. Hmm. And, and and it's so because we have and it is a mercy then that we don't have any sense of past. You know oh, how yeah, can yeah, yeah, coming back to your your question, yeah, your initial question, which was, <laughs> you know, you, you, like time's relative. Yeah, because they they say that we didn't, you know, tarry 
except for you know a small you know malabitu we were only ta- toiling and t- tarrying here and loitering here for an an hour meaning not an hour like 60 minutes it means it's like something that's insignificant in the day it's like a small portion of the day so they basically came in and they're just waiting for like somebody to sign something and then they wake up that's not it because that means that they understand that this is going to go back to the sa'a you know one hour two hour three hours quwa weakness so back to the stages of life so, so we experience that like all our lives anyway don't mm-hmm. we when we talk about 10 years 20 years 30 years or whatever your age is mm-hmm. you don't seem to remember this like long 30 20 10 years mm-hmm. they are just yeah, like yeah absolutely you don't you, you they're just like you know flashes in the memory yeah yeah, happens. but the thing, the thing about this verse, this is, you know, verse 55, is that it does talk about hours, it talks about the, the, the hour, hmm. hmm. sa'a, as-sa'a, which is the hour. The so hour, the, yeah. yeah. so it says this, the, the hour. So in the day that the hour is established, I mean the hour the, of the, reckoning. The hard stop. Yeah, the time of reckoning, essentially. You know, the people yeah. who have wronged themselves will say, basically, مَا لَبِثُوا غَيْرَ سَاعَةٍ an hour. So it's like there's also a play in the verse, which is kind of interesting. So the the sa is used twice. This time period of an hour mm. is used twice. The first one is the actual hour, you know, definite hour with a definite article. This the hour of reckoning, the time of reckoning. But when the mujirimun, the people that disobey God and 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 wrong other people, perceive it, they will perceive it in the sense of you know an hour, two hour, three hour, four hour, five hour. They think it's just another hour, like the hours they spent on Earth. So they ho- they're hoping almost that they will start to go back to the the, the cycles of life on Earth, which is you know quwa and deception and fraud and killing and and lying. This is what they want. They want to perceive the hour as being just a normal hour that the, the alarm goes off. They wake up back to their Groundhog Day, getting up, doing whatever they did. That's not the case. This is how they used to contrive and, and, and surmise how life would continue. Hmm. And it's interesting, the Quran kind of plays on that here, which is that they, this is how they used to live their lives, that you know, the moment that you wake up, you just go back to you know, the Groundhog Day. The, the th- same things you did, you'll do again. But the Quran doesn't says that. The people have knowledge, will tell them, remind them, this is the Yom al-Ba'ath. This is the day of rising. So it's a sa'a, it's the hour, no, it's no, the day of it, rising. So th- this final part of the ayah, is it what, what we are saying is just an observation or is it uh, you are irresponsible? Thus, they used to be deceived in the life of the world. Yeah, I mean, you can, you can, you can translate yu'fakun. Yu'fakun is, is, it has different kind of connotations. Um, I think the best one is that they're deluded, but the delusion is based upon what they used to cons- perceive to be reality. So basically, mm-hmm. you know, it's like they 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 bring into reality what they say. They say what they want to bring into reality more more closely. So it's almost like they create their own reality without any connection to what what the way the world works, or the way that mm-hmm. you know you know responsibility operates. And so this is fitting into how they wanted things to take place. This is the way that they essentially live their lives, deluded in a state of delusion, and. The delusion is that they want to go back. They want to go back to this 
state of the way the world works, back to the normality of what they've experienced in life. But the reality is that the hard stop here, this kind of hard end, is one which it's the sa'a, the hour, the hour of reckoning, but it's also Yom al-Ba'ath. It's the, the day of resurrection, ba'ath. And so resurrection means what? It means you know, those stages that you've had, stage of weakness and how you dealt with weak people in childhood and how you dictated to them how they live their lives. And part of that's the educational system and mm-hmm. how we can, you know, I've not talked about that, but the, you know, what comes to mind is the, we condition young people in their state of weakness to fit into society that they never signed up to as well. Mm-hmm. If you think of a schooling system, you know, don't want to really hit this hard, but the schooling system is created so that it creates, you know, nuts and bolts that fit into the society that the people of power want to exist. Mm. So if you look into it deeply, you know, deeply meaning not spiritually, but just deeply in terms of how it's set up, it's set up so the industry and the and the wheels of industry and society can keep running in the way that the, the people who are powerful, the people that are rich and the people that have privilege can continue to be privileged and rich and powerful. That's how it's set up. So young people are educated based upon what is needed by society, not based upon what's on the best interest of the child. And so, you know, you know, this is the sense that you put everybody into the same box. A child that has artistic capacity or a, a, a way of expressing themselves. And this comes in fringes, you know, autism and, and different, you know, um, you know, types of autism and, and learning disabilities. They're essentially on the outskirts. So they're, they're called like people with special needs or children with special needs. But essentially, their special needs because they don't fit into you know utility and um, productivity but essentially they mm. should be the same i mean the, 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 you know the one thing the religious teachings show you i think generally over all religions is that the value of the child is the value of the child by themselves as a creation of god not the value that it will give to society by being something that makes society more um, productive or developed or advanced mm. And so, you know, that's the thing. We will be asked, we will answer, we will be asked to answer for all these things that we did. In strength, we did all these things. Final few moments of uh, today's reflections. Um, That reminds me of our charity appeal uh, that we are um, partnering up with on behalf of the listeners of Glasgow. uh, Schools that we are adopting, one family, uh, one person uh, partners up with uh, the school where um, poor, underprivileged people are getting education for £1,200 a year. Adopting a school is uh, our uh, thrust this, this year. That you adopt a school as if you're adopting a child, but by adopting a school, you're adopting many, many children. It costs you £100 a month or, say, £1,200 in a lump sum. 3753434 is our number. And also, you can go onto our website. RadioRamadan.scot forward slash donate and you'll see a whole list of schools, 30 of them. Uh, Some of them have been taken and others are still waiting for the donors to be there with their generosity to adopt the schools. Sheikh, final few moments Mm. and um, inshallah we'll summarize today's discussion. I'm thinking... uh, the, the ayah number 55 is what we have finished today with the stages mm. of life 
the city of life and also the end of life. Yeah, we, we covered... And the responsibility. We, yeah, we covered... They were all together. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the fact that he created, um, you know, us, khalaqakum, meaning us as human beings, in a state of weakness and then, then moving on to strength and then weakness with decrepitude and old age, that God creates whatever he wills. This all ties in with the fact that these stages create responsibility and the responsibility, if you don't do it properly, you'll end up having to answer for that on the day of judgment. That's the whole idea. So as soon as this chapter, you know, this specific verse finishes about the stages, it tells, it talks straight away about this graphic image of people who have not done well in that test, which is mujrimun. Mujrimun are people that have been unjust and have been evil in their choices. They will consider, well, when they when they're brought to life on the day of judgment, they will think that they've not, you know, been asleep for anything more than just a few moments, because mm. of the thing, the fact that they're used to this being the way that they live their lives. But the people that have knowledge, the people that have faith, they will say to them, "No, this is what this is. Yom al This is the big resurrection. This is the resurrection that you decided that you didn't want to know about. You just put the back of your mind." And this is why, you know, the, 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 where this finishes is mm. That on that day, the people that have been unjust will not have their excuses accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, the reason for that is also very interesting. And they will not be able to make amends. This is, they can't go back and then, you know, fix the evil that you committed on earth. You know, the injustice that you created, the mm. the lack of, you know, manners that you ex expressed while you were living, the kind of mercy and the compassion that was the mark of prophets that you were, you were supposed to um, follow. You didn't follow that. You were evil to people around you. And this is going to be a situation where there's no return back. Mm. Not allowed to make amends. You can't get a ticket back and then... And and then you know sort out how you use that period essentially of power, because that's the whole point. The responsibility is that time of power. You know, diminished responsibility. We always think of a person going into old age, and you know, obviously, you know, some people are afflicted with dementia or afflicted with Alzheimer's disease, and there's a limited capacity of thinking of decision making. A child's the same. The responsibility comes at that period of power, strength, ability you know, um, choice, where you can make decisions that, you know, where you live, where you work. All these decision-making processes are where your responsibility lies. And the Quran just says, look, you know, if you've done badly on earth and you die, there's no way of going back and retracing your steps at that point in time, which is, mm -hmm. you know, then, you know, an order to sort it out now, you know, sort it out now, this time of, the moment that you can think and make decisions and decide is the period in your life that you have to, you know, take responsibility for your actions in, inshallah. So, Sheikh, um, just in a very kind of relaxed way, I'm going to ask you in the last minute left. Um, we, we are... <laughs> why, do I, why do I feel scared? <laughs> we, <laughs> we are... Relaxed. We are um, almost at the end of the surah. Mm -hmm. How did you personally find this surah, Surah Al-Rum, covering it 
in almost 29 sessions. Did you find something new in it? Did you I think we need, we leave that for the when I I finish the last three, which um, with a couple last couple of verses that we have still to do, and mm. um, then I'll be able to properly summarize. Yeah, because you know the the, the chapter is not finished, so there might be an, a surprise which I've overlooked. <laughs> because the thing mm. is, I, I don't concentrate on until we go on live. So yeah, <laughs> it's just bad. This is quite bad. So I don't actually focus on what's what's coming up until we're actually doing the verse. So yeah. there might be something in the last couple of verses that, you know, really, you know, kind of, um, you would say, consolidate everything hmm. completely. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it is, a, each each chapter has its own I, I taste. Found, I find that you found something that you said hmm. probably you've forgotten, that this hmm. is the surah of civilization. Yes, lots of lots of things came to mind. Is every chapter has its own taste. So, like you know, honey. If you go to buy honey, people most people just buy honey. They don't know it's just honey, isn't it? But if yeah. you actually get into honey, yeah, like yeah. Uncle, Uncle, he's doing etikaf. So you should go and visit him next to the. Okay, is the mosque next to you? Okay, uh, give him my salams if you do meet him. Oh, but anyway, he's into his honey. So he 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 brought me some honey, and he said this is from this Yemeni hill somewhere. And the taste is like, it's, you know it's honey because it looks like honey. But when you taste it, you can taste every single, you know, kind of drop of pollen that went into creating the honey itself. Like the different fragrance. Mm. And so every chapter of the Quran is a chapter of the Quran. Every verse is a verse. You know, and you know, it's like every bee is a bee. But the point is that there's so much that goes into a chapter which is unique. And this is one of the things about the Quran is every single chapter has its own, you know, even the smallest chapters have their own words. Like, you know, think of which is, you know, this one of the smallest chapters in the Quran. It has words that are nowhere else in the Quran. Hmm. You know, a couple of words that will be nowhere else in the Quran. Every chapter of the Quran has that. Hmm. You know, even the smallest, uh, you know, Surah Al-Ikhlas. Yeah. A summit doesn't summit doesn't summit it does not exist anywhere else in the Quran. Oh, it has to it has to be the unique word. Yes. You, you know, so, <laughs> <laughs> did you know that it's not it's nowhere else in the Quran? So yeah, yeah. Um, so every chapter has you know a, a very special calling card. It's almost like you know when you meet somebody, um in the past they used to give cards, like yeah. business cards. Like every chapter has like a business card that it leaves with you. Just in case you need it, unique, something very unique at its own, you know, you know, internet, um, what is it, <laughs> email address and phone number. The whole thing is very, very unique. MAC address. Okay, Sheikh, Jazakallah Khair. Um, and inshallah, we'll be back again tomorrow, half past seven. Um, and there's two more sessions left. Uh, something for listeners to really tune into at the time when it starts, half seven till iftar time, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa rahmatullahi سب سے لیکن جدا اے خدا اے خدا ہر سہر پھوٹتی 
नए रंग से हर शहर फूटती है नए रंग से सब्जों गुल खिले सी नए संग से जिसने की जुस्तजू मिल गया उसको तू सबका तू रहनुमा ए खुदा ए खुदा